Hey everybody, Jason here. We have a great show coming up, but I just want to remind you, especially on these shows, if you've called in and left a message for the movie, and thank you, Gadget. Gadget's come up with her squeaky toy because she wants to be played with. If you've left a message for one of these movies and you don't hear it during the show, please reach out to me. If there's an issue with a message, I will reach back out to you. So if I don't play one, that means I didn't get it or something happened and I didn't realize something happened. So please let me know because I, I, I won't inadvertently or intentionally leave a message out without letting you know. Well, I guess I'll inadvertently do it, but I won't intentionally do it. <laughs> so, okay, let me play with my dog and I'll let you listen to the show. Well, pops up a beer or a cold libation, let me tell you how I wrote this little thing. I went and took a call from brother Jason and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start up with some talking and some moody clips and popcorn fighting fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation. Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxings, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. That's a slogan, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Today is another Movie Monday, where the community has watched a movie, sent their thoughts in, and I play them for everybody to hear. You can participate in this as well. All the ways to do that are in the show notes and the Audio Dungeon Discords, where we kind of talk about this, but you don't have to go on there. You can just hear what the selection is going to be on my show and call your thoughts in on the movie like the folks today did. Today's movie is Hawk the Slayer from 1980. It's a sword and sorcery movie directed by Terry Marcel, starring John Terry and Jack Palance. Now, I think our callers have captured most of the important things, if not all the important things, in the movie, so I don't have a whole lot to say before turning it over to them. And I've got quite a few calls, great calls on this, as usual in here, I don't respond to the callers. I, I just kind of play them and, and let you hear their thoughts. But feel free to call in your responses to people's thoughts if you want, and I'll play them on a future episode. I do like in here how the landscape, People, some people talk about the landscapes and the sets. I like how there's skulls that dot the landscape as they go through the trees. Um, I There is some silliness in this movie that's kind of, advertent silliness. There's a lot of inadvertent silliness too, but there are things like Crow shooting the hats off the slave buyers. That's kind of silly. Um, and I don't know that we really need Drago, you know, Voltan's son, that subplot. I I'm glad it's there because the actor that plays his son, Shane Brant, I'm probably saying that wrong, B-R-I-A-N-T, is an actor that, of course, I recognize him from Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, but you may recognize him from other Hammer Horror films like Frankenstein, The Monster from Hell, um, Straight, One Till Morning, or Demons of the Mind. But I'm glad he's in the movie, but honestly, I, I think that subplot was probably an unneeded complication. Most of these actors, you, you know, 
that's one thing about this movie I will comment on is the cast. Pretty great cast here. And, and I think most of us have, have seen these characters before, these actors before. Like, you know, our main actor here, John Terry, who plays Hawk, is in Wild Geese 2. He's in... What else is he in that you've seen? Um, Full Metal Jacket. Who hasn't seen that? The Living Daylights, James Bond movie, right? He's in all kinds of great stuff. Jack Palance. I mean, Jack Palance is in tons and tons of things. I I can't even start to where Jack Palance is, but you've seen movies Jack Palance in there, no doubt. Uh, the woman they fight over, Catri- yeah, if I can say this right, Catriona McCall, is best known for a trilogy of movies she made with Lucio Fulci that she made after this, after she was done with this film, she went to Italy and filmed movies him. City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and The House by the Cemetery. And even though she didn't overly enjoy working with Fulci, that, that's what she's best known for. H- who else do we have in here? The Sorceress. Pa- Patricia Quinn, the Sorceress in here, was also in Rocky Horror Picture Show. She's in The Lords of Salem. So, you, you know, I think most people probably have seen her at some point. Um, you know, there are just so many people in here that, that you guys have seen in other things. It, I mean, Cheryl Campbell, who plays the um, nun, who plays Sister Monica. She was in Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes, right? When we look at the Fitzwater, um, Christopher Benjamin, you know, he is also in, he's the voice of Ralph in The Plague Dogs. You know, all you guys have seen The Plague Dogs, right? He's also been in... Doctor Who a number of times. The Innkeeper, Roy Kinnear. I'm probably saying that wrong. K-I-N-N-E-A-R. Of course, you you recognize him. He was in the the good Three Musketeers. He was like the manservant in the in in the Three Musketeers. He reprised that role in '74 and '89, dying during the filming of the '89 sequel. Sadly, um, he was also in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, there, there are just so many people here that, that are in great things. Gort, the the giant, the actor that plays the giant, um, is probably best known for the Carry On franchise, but he, he was also in a number of other things that folks would probably recognize, like Kroll, right? He's the Cyclops in Kroll. Uh, he's he's also in, you know, he's in The Fifth Musketeer. Um, there. Like I say, the, the cast here is an amazing cast. The Abatis in here, we, you've definitely seen her in movies before. Um, she was actually the voice of Gladriel in The Lord of the Rings. You know, the real Lord of the Rings that Ralph Baskey did, the kind of cartoon and live-action mix. She's the voice of Gladriel in that. Um, we have Ferdy Main as the, the old man who plays Hawk and Voltan's father. And, of course, he, he was in The Fearless Vampire Killers, Where Eagles Dare, Barry Lyndon. Um, so the cast in this movie is really great. I, I'm not going to go through every single member, although I could. And just about every single one of these actors, I can name off things you've seen them in. So it's a great cast. But I've Twittered on enough about this movie. In my opinion, this movie is one of the weaker ones we've watched so far. It's interesting in that it's, I think they've done pretty good with what they have, to be honest. 
and, and they wanted to capitalize on the genre and make a low budget movie, and and they did that. But I, I mean, it's it's almost like a BBC production, right? <laughs> um, in, in in the quality of it, but I think it works. I don't think the special effects or anything. I don't hold any of that against the movie. To be honest, I, I think it has a a certain charm of its own. So while this isn't one that I return to a lot, and that's probably because I first saw this as an adult. I I didn't see this, but maybe 10 years ago was the first time I saw this movie. So I don't have childhood memories of it. Uh, if I had childhood memories, maybe I would be more fond of it. But I, I think it's perfectly fine. It, it's not a disaster like some of these sword and sorcery movies are. If we're going to rate it on the 3B scale, honestly... I don't know. Are there any badasses in this movie? <laughs> That's a question, isn't it? Uh, I I guess we could say that um, Gort is, is a badass. He's pretty tough. He he might be the only one. Jack Palance definitely tries to be, and and he definitely chews the scenery up without a doubt. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think we have any breasts. We do have a pretty high body count with between the crossbow of Ranulf. I don't, did they ever say his name during there? But Ranulf was the one-armed man who, who has a crossbow. I neglected him when I was talking about things, but he is played by actor W. Morgan Shepard, and he, again, was in a ton of things. Uh, things like The Sea Wolves, The Elephant Man, The Keep. I love The Keep by Michael Mann. Uh, Max Headroom. He, he was in Wild at Heart, uh, which hopefully I'll be talking about here in the future, Needful Things. Uh, in Gettysburg, he played General Trimble, and then he reprised that, of course, in Guides and Generals. Uh, yeah, he, he's in a bunch of things. But between his crossbow bolts and then Crow the Elf, between the arrows and the crossbow bolts, we, we definitely get a pretty high body count here. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, this is a little bit weak in that in that regard. But that's enough for me. Let's turn it over to the community and see what you think of the movie. I'm just going to let the, the calls play out, and then I will end the show. Before I do that, I do want to mention the September movie so people can get ready for that. The movie in September is Lady Hawk. That's right. I've had requests for Lady Hawk, so we're going to do that. You have to have those calls into me. No later than the 22nd of, of September. 22 September, I have to have your calls. And then the episode on Lady Hawk will come out on the 25th of September. So that's your homework assignment. And now, let's listen to what everybody else thinks about Hawk the Slayer. Hey Jason, I just wanted to comment a little on Hawk the Slayer. This is Dark Fluid from the Audio Dungeon Discord. Um... So, as my usual, it's going to be a bit rambling and just kind of hit on some high points. I thought that, uh, as displayed in the movie, the magic item was kind of the most useless magic item ever. Um, not too many spoilers, I guess, but I, I, I think that would have played out much better in an actual RPG. I think players would have found it to be a much more useful sword, so to speak. And I also, it seems like they were hinting that there were other powers that were available and obviously there's uh you know well i guess spoilers there's there's you know it seemed like they were really tuning for a sequel but um yeah pretty useless <laughs> otherwise the um 
the beginning of the movie, I was a little, uh, a little unsure. There were a lot of flashbacks and montages um, with that cheesy keyboard music that uh, I thought was going to continue and make, uh, make for a lot of filler. But uh, really, they kind of toned that down and, and got more to the meat of, mov- of the movie later on. Um, I think, obviously, this was clearly written as a Western uh, it, it really came off as a Western. I didn't look to see who was involved in writing it. But I wonder if they've done several other Westerns in the past because it really had that complete Western feel, the structure, the vibe, the way the characters interacted, the writing. It, it just seemed like a Western, which surprisingly works well for a fantasy RPG movie with a uh, essentially what would be a group of PCs, which this, this movie definitely em- emulated you know, a group of PCs in an RPG. Um, that being said, I give him a lot of credit for somebody obviously knew the genre. It wasn't just like handed to someone who wrote Westerns and said like, yeah, can you do something with swords? Because there were a lot of little cues like with the elf uh, and his um, dialogue and story, the interaction with the halfling and the giant that uh, that clearly you had to have, have some love for and some knowledge of the genre and they, or, or at least took the time to study up on the genre to include that and uh, not just make it a generic Western, um, you know, and, and that's what really made it work as an actual fantasy movie and not just clearly a Western. The, um, the supporting cast really helped this movie. It was great. Morgan Shepard and um, Annette Crosby, I thought they were really great. It, it's... It's strange to me. Oh, and, and, you know, before I get onto this, also, obviously, Jack Palance, who just seemed to be having an absolute blast. I mean, he seemed to just eat this up and just seemed to be having the time of his life on this movie, uh, clearly. Um, but I will say that it, it seems just a strange phenomenon I've seen so often in, in a lot of these movies that the league protagonist is the weakest actor and the weakest uh, performance of the movies and all of the supporting actors and the villains are great and it's just it's one of those things where I mean it's not it's not strictly the B-movie fantasy genre it's obviously a problem you know all throughout in Hollywood and especially in in B-movies in that I, I guess they feel like they need to uh, use someone just for their look or something like that to, to really sell the movie. But so so often they they really should just get a great actor and not worry about it because you look at a lot of the movies that really define the genre. One of the biggest things about them that set them apart from the others is they, they actually got a good lead actor. Um, a lot of them have a great supporting cast, but that good lead actor seems to be so rare. So anyway, I've you know, rambled long enough, got off to the side. I, I enjoyed this. I, you know, I would have probably really liked this movie as a kid. This is one that I, I missed um, when I was younger, but um, I found it enjoyable. It wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world. It suffered some special effects wise from its uh, budget and, and age clearly, but I, yeah, I clearly wouldn't have mind that as a kid. And, uh, definitely it didn't take too much away. I found it something enjoyable to watch, uh, uh, even at this age as a, you know, evening movie on a slow night. So thanks. And, uh, looking forward to the next one. 
Okay, so I just got finished watching Hawk the Slayer on Amazon Prime for free, though it wasn't free because there was a boatload of ads. <laughs> but let's talk about it. So I had never seen this movie before, therefore I don't have any sort of nostalgic views to it. And, you know, I, I gotta say, this is probably the one I like least so far of the movies we watched. I don't know, on the terms of your, your rating scale of badasses, boobs, and body counts, it's got a high body count, lots of people die. I There could have been some boobs, I couldn't tell. The movie's very hard to see. Like, when you want to cover up really, really bad special effects, you just put in a bunch of smoke. So there might have... Some of those slaves, there might have been boobs there, but I don't know. And then as far as badasses go, no, man. <laughs> Hawk is probably the least badass of the people we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, I think I liked even Dungeon Master more than this movie. It's got a lot of potential, it's got a cool story. It'd make a really good adventure. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought Hawk was ridiculous. The, the dwarf was awesome. He was awesome. That dude kicked ass. He was a fun character. The giant, who didn't seem very big at all, like, at all, he had one good line. I forget what it is, but it was, like, the only f cool line in the whole movie. Shit, I forget what it was now. I meant to remember, but I don't. Uh, the elf was weird and just really weirdly acted by the actor, um, almost like a robot. But maybe that's how elves are in that world, so that works out. But yeah, Hawk, I don't know, man. I just didn't buy him as being a badass. He just didn't... He, he, that dude doesn't have a lot of charisma, at least in this movie. I don't know. Maybe that guy's in other movies. And then uh, Jack Palance as the main bad guy... I thought was just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't buy him as like some crazy evil dark lord at all. When like when he screams for his son that gets killed, it's the worst like movie scream <laughs> maybe ever. <laughs> Drago, it's so silly, man. It, it was it was cool. It's it's a little over ninety minutes though. With the ads, it was more like two and a half hours, which is kind of a bummer. But. It fits the criteria of a good movie and being right around 90 minutes. But yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, the repeating crossbow is cool. I like that. I thought the mind sword was kind of silly. Uh, the final fight scene between Volton and Hawk being in slow motion, like the choreography was pretty crappy and just... <laughs> I don't know. It, it was a fine enough movie. It was fine enough. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the next movie. I don't know what it is. I'm excited to hear what everybody else says. But yeah, I think as far as the movies we've seen so far, this is definitely on the bottom for me. But I know there are people out there that like this movie a lot. People have a lot of nostalgia for this movie, and that's totally cool. I went into it with a fresh mindset. And, you know, and I wasn't trying to make it like okay this movie needs to live up to any of these other movies i kept in mind that it was made in 1980 so you know it was made before all those other movies probably i think we've watched so far but yeah i don't know man it, it i don't think i'd watch hawk the slayer again that's it 
it was thank you for doing this. It's really great. I love the movie watching thing that we do. It's fun. It's making me watch movies I've never seen before. Plus giving me an excuse to watch some movies. I love that. I have seen a bunch, so it's fantastic. Thank you for putting it together. Henchman. Thank you for coming up with the idea. Can't wait for everybody else. I'm out. Peace out. This is a story of heroic deeds and the bitter struggle for triumph of good over evil, and of a wondrous sword wielded by a mighty hero when the legions of darkness stalk the land. Hey there, Jason. It's Johnny from the Red Dice Diaries. That's the title card from Hawk the Slayer, which I'm just watching now. As per you asking for people to give their feedback, I've got to say I've watched this film a number of years ago, but I don't really remember how it goes. I'm about half an hour in. I've got to admit, I'm finding it really cheesy so far. I'm enjoying Valance doing his like budget Darth Vader thing with his like weird thing, whatever he's got going on with his face with this old witch. There does seem to be a sort of strangely unnerving amount of sort of close-ups of people's faces where they're obviously trying to do like a, a sort of gunfight, you know, like a couple of people facing off against each other and it does the whole <whistles> and like zooms in on people's faces. But to my mind, that only really works in Westerns where, you know, because there's actually some tension going on. They've got the guns there. They're about ready to go. Whereas I don't know, just like having him have his magical sword float out and stuff like that doesn't really have that same tension. And there seem to be lots of scenes of people just like standing around and not really doing much and just sort of staring at each other. I've got to admit, at this point in time, I've like turned the playback speed up to like 1.5 just to speed through those scenes. I'm just on the bit at the moment, about like I say about half an hour through where we're getting like the backstory again extremely cheesy we've got hawk and his betrothed all wearing white riding a white horse in a sun dappled meadow all looks very nice and then we've got voltan clad all in black sort of raging that he should have been the one to marry the princess in inverted commas and they're obviously trying to set up a bit of tension between the two characters but it's just so comically cheesy and sort of I suppose poorly done. Although I'm enjoying the fact there's an awful lot of character actors I recognize in this from various other things, some of which I'm surprised to actually see in this. I'm finding the the music of the film so far really enjoyable, if slightly odd. It seems to be a weird mishmash of sort of uh, medieval style music, but mixed in with like synthesizers and sort of what I consider to be like 70s and 80s music. So I'm finding that a bit weird, but enjoyable. You know, it's like half medieval pageantry, half, oh, we're off to some sort of laser disco. But it does sort of fit the weird sort of tone of the film. So I'm going to keep watching and see what happens next. Oh, they're just at the bit where they're exploring the spooky soundstage and they're trying to get the generic fantasy adventure party together with an elf and a dwarf and a giant, which I'm assuming is going to be Bernard Breslow since I saw his name in the titles. I'm enjoying the fact they've got a lot of uh, sort of practical effects going on. Some of them are a little bit ropey, like earlier on when the the sword opened its hand to receive the Mind Stone. It was obviously just someone below the camera with a hand-painted gold. But I'm enjoying the sort of use of practical effects, even though, like I say, they are a bit on the ropey side. I've got to say, fair played. I enjoyed the recruiting of the Band of Adventurers scenes 
with Hawk sitting inside the, the the disco rings of witchy power, and then going off on like a little vignette to see if he could like recruit these people, which is pretty much him just turning up and being like, "You're in trouble. It's your boy Hawk. Get on board of this train." All that was missing was like a little thing popping up saying, "You have recruited Bernard Brazel, the giant, to your party." Found the elf a bit weird. I'm not going to lie. He speaks in like a weird sort of like robotic manner. I could see maybe they were going for like aloofness and sort of, uh, you know, a bit sort of otherworldly, but it just comes off as a, as a little bit weird. But I'm interested to see what this band of uh, ne'er-do-wells are going to get up to. So I'm going to get back to it. So I've just finished watching Hawk the Slayer. And like I say, it was extremely cheesy. I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed seeing Morgan Shepard as Ranulf, and I always liked Bernard Breslau, seeing him as the giant goat was great. I do think they spent an awful lot of time, which is something I see in a lot of sort of lower budget sort of movies. They seem to spend an awful lot of time wandering around woods or just taking scenic shots where, you know, they're riding a horse between some trees and there's not a great deal going on. It it's a sort of old tactic that I've seen used in a lot of films just to like pad out the runtime when there's not really much plot going on. I felt there was a, a lot of that. Also, there was a, a few odd choices, like a lot of the sword fighting scenes, particularly the one at the end between Hawk and Voltan, seemed to take place in extremely slow motion. Again, I suspect just to stretch out what would have otherwise been a very quick scene. Obviously, they didn't have the world's highest budget or amazing special effects, but I do think they made the best of what they've got. I mean, I've got to admit, I did chuckle at the, the witch woman's use of Suey String being fired from her staff and what seemed to be like little glowing bouncy balls to cast spells. I thought that was quite funny. I like the fact when the elf was taking like multiple shots, they just did a series of like quick jump cuts of him like suddenly having an arrow in his hand and then firing it. I thought that was pretty funny. Like I say, his voice was a bit odd, but it was all good. Overall, I don't think it was one of my favourite fantasy films. Although I've got to say, I think probably a, a lot of the enjoyment I get out of these old cheesy fantasy films is because I have a certain sense of nostalgia built up with them. You know, things like legend and stuff like that. Whereas I really don't have any of those feelings towards Hawk the Slayer because I don't remember seeing it when I was particularly young. I think I've seen it a couple of times since I've been older when people have mentioned it. But like I said, I don't really have that nostalgia factor for it. Overall, to me, I think, although the film's only like an hour and a half long, I think if a lot of the sort of running through wood scenes were cut out, or better yet, replaced something more interesting, it would have been a much better film. You could have either made it shorter and just got rid of that stuff, or you could have put some more stuff in rather than just like padding it out with scenes of people running through the woods or slow motion sword fights and stuff like that. I thought the plot had a bit of promise, you know, the whole brother fights against brother, uh, one being led by the sort of dark powers and one going towards the light, even though there wasn't a lot of nuance in it. And they didn't really like have much character to any of the characters. Hawk was pretty much, I am good son seeking revenge for the death of my beloved. Gort was, I am giant and I'm hungry and I'm slowly forming a friendship with the dwarf. The dwarf was, I like to play some cheeky tricks on the giant, but, you know, I've pretty much got a good heart and I'm inevitably going to be the one who dies. Whoops, spoilers. And the elf was just, I talk very oddly. I'm the elf. I fire a bow very quickly and hear things from a great distance. So I thought all the characters were pretty much stereotypical. 
do you know what? At the end of the day, I think for an hour and a half, if you keep in mind that it's a fairly cheesy sort of old school film, then it's not terrible. Like I said, there was some, I'm not going to say it's great, but there were some bits of it I genuinely enjoyed or that made me chuckle. So I think that would probably be my sort of capsule review on it. If you go into it expecting any sort of fantasy masterwork, you're going to be sadly disappointed. However, if you've got an hour and a half to like spare, and you're just like, I just want to see some cheesy old fantasy movie with some interesting use of special effects, then, you know, it's not awful. Although I've got to admit, by the, by the end of the film, I was dreading hearing the phrase, by what name do you go by again? There seemed to be some sort of like weird dialogue choices that I can only assume they did because I wanted it to sound like more sort of medieval but it just ended up sounding really weird. But like I say, I still enjoyed it. It raised a smile. So there we go, Jason. There are my thoughts on Hawk the Slayer. I look forward to hearing the episode. Take care and I'll catch you soon. Hey, Jason. Dana from Maynard's Keep calling it about Hawk the Slayer. So I'll uh, I'll try to keep it short. I started recording one and I realized I was already at eight minutes and I wasn't quite through. So I'm going to try to be a little more brief. Anyways, this is one of those movies I did not see when I was a kid. I had seen it maybe three or four years ago when I read, uh, you know, one of these lists of fantasy movies from the 80s. And then I watched it then. So it's not the first time I've watched it. But I did rewatch it and I did it in uh, chunks. I didn't get to watch it all at once. So maybe that's a little imperfect way to do it. But I liked it a lot. I think that uh, the only thing that stands out to me as immediately being a little bit weird was the music. And I think with that, it was just that it it felt more sci-fi to me. And I don't know if that's just because it was the early 80s and they were into synthesizers and all this other stuff that really just made it vibe that way. So the music was a little bit weird to me and it had that uh, kind of smoky uh, fantasy vibe going on that – it kind of reminded me, not exactly, but a little bit of like Robin of Sherwood, but with better production values. You know, it had that kind of that that vibe to it, like almost TV movie vibe. But I don't mean that in a bad way. It just just wasn't uh, – it definitely wasn't like, let's say, Clash of the Titans or Conan, right? But there's a lot of great things in this. We see, first of all, a very simple and easy to understand villain, right? He feels like he's been uh, wronged because he went off to fight and – his brother got the girl and got the, you know, the father's love. And so he becomes a murderer and basically a scumbag, right? And then we get the, the – I love the way it starts, really. Well, not the very beginning, but with the one-handed man. Basically how he is not even connected to Hawk at all in the beginning, right? He's just a guy who wants to – who was helped by these sisters and then wants to in turn help them. So he seeks out – you know, uh, a warrior, basically a great warrior to help. And that's where Hawk comes in and Hawk's crew, basically. And it's kind of a Magnificent Seven vibe where they recruit them and they do it really. It's funny because they do it in little vignettes, but the vignettes are are kind of connected through magic. Right. So it's kind of like you imagine like he's just appearing in these different places. It's not like he's riding all over for it. So I thought that was a good use of magic. I think that the characters were cool. I love the the elf being very quiet, doesn't speak very much. The last of their kind kind of vibe. Same with the dwarf. Not how the dwarf spoke a lot, but also kind of the last of his kind. A little out of character with the whip, right? Wasn't, you know, your standard Warhammer orc. But the giant had that huge hammer, which was fantastic. You know, the giant was definitely excellent. I feel like giants should be in more games, you know, as a, a, a kind of a standard class that you can play. Because very, very cool. 
the elf, uh, the, the way they did the kind of trick photography to make the elf look like he was shooting super fast was kind of interesting. And they combined it with that weird music. So there I actually liked it. It kind of created this like otherworldly vibe when the elf was using his bow. The same is true of the crossbow, which I guess could be considered a magic item, like a crossbow of speed or something, because that guy was shooting really fast with it. But it also was like kind of a repeater crossbow, right? He had like a little uh, magazine. So that was very cool. But yeah, I mean, I think on the surface, it's just bad guy wants ransom, kidnaps sister, right? Kind of a nun uh, analog. And But that's not really the story. I think the real story here is that bad guy wants to lure Hawk in, or maybe that's just his demise. Maybe it's just by coincidence, you know? But I like that it's very simple. You know, it's the kind of adventure that you can just very easily explain to somebody. It's like, this guy is just a, a evil person. He doesn't mind torturing. He doesn't mind killing. He wants gold because he's trying to do something, and he's just kidnapped this sister because he figures that the, the church has the money. So it's not this big, like, I'm going to destroy the world, I'm raising demons. It's just very, very simple. Although there's that kind of weird magic thing going on. So, I mean, who knows what's going on there, right? But all in all, I think it was really cool. I could totally see running this exact adventure as a convention game or as a one-shot. It's kind of perfect, right? You play the various characters who are brought in with their you know, your little backstory. Uh, you have traveled with, with uh, Hawk before. He's now recruited you for this. You could either have Hawk be the NPC or one of the carrot players if the pl one player wants to take that mantle. And I think that would be really cool. I totally think it would be a great uh, adventure. Overall, I would say it, it's a good movie. I'd watch it again. I have now watched it twice. It's not Clash of the Titans. As I said, it's not Conan the Barbarian. It definitely has that art housey feel, a little bit kind of lower budget, almost TV movie vibe. Uh, but at the same time, because they didn't have like special effects and stuff, they did well with what they had, right? With just like smoke and uh, using kind of the misty lens filters and stuff like that to kind of add to the vibe of the whole thing. All right, there you go. That's Hawk the Slayer. I'm curious what people say about this one. I know you had said that you, you thought it might be more d d divisive, but I, I can't see people not liking this movie. I mean, I guess I, I, guess I can, <laughs> but I, I, there's nothing, if anything, I could see people being neutral about it. I just, I don't see like anything in this movie being like, oh God, that's terrible. It was just, it was good. You know, it was just a good, solid movie. And I think we get early on the D&D party, which is really great because we don't get that in a lot of movies. I think, I mean, aside from Conan the Destroyer, this might be one of the closer, like, D&D, actual D&D type movies uh, out there, uh, in my mind. So I would love to hear people say about that, and I'm sure we will hear about it. Thanks for doing these. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Evil Jeff, and we have, yes, Minion Bravo. Woo! <laughs> so, yes, we just watched Hawk the Slayer. Uh, first time I've actually ever bothered to watch it, and I knew about it, uh, and, well... He didn't know anything about it, so he went into it with uh, zero expectations as far as I'm aware. Yeah, no, I had no... I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> it was... That was an experience. And it's not a bad experience. Not at all. I, I, I enjoyed it, actually. I thought it, def it definitely is a product of the time, but a good product. Yeah. I mean, 1980, so... I don't know. What would you nitpick? I mean, I guess I'm not really nitpicking anything. I mean, the like you said, the revert, the use of the reverse shots. The, the reverse shots for when he would like grab the sword or whenever um, 
God, what was his name? The elf. Whenever the crow. elf crow, whenever a crow would like jump into a tree or something, and it was just him jumping out of a tree. Yeah. But I will, I will say they were shot really well because I mean there was that one when they like raided the camp. The rest yeah. of the party was in front of the tree, and they stayed perfectly still. So I mean there was you couldn't tell it was reversed unless you knew. Can we just can we talk about the silly string? I... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) everything else was so great, and then the magic is packing peanuts, foam balls, light up bouncy balls, and and silly string. (laughs) It's so funny. The 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 lighting effects. I mean, use of different lighting to get the mood, and you know, like uh, when they're going to go through that dark forest. Oh yeah, that's just the same like. 10 to 15 feet of cobweb trees with yeah. green lights going on and they just went through it like 12 different times because at the first shot you see the end of the tunnel and then it cuts back to the beginning yeah. again but but i mean the other thing is just you know that light reflected off of the horse's eyes too oh yeah no that was <laughs> honestly i could you could kind of tell when they shot in the woods they shot in like the same spot for yeah. everything but they did I, 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 that's not like a complaint though. That's, that's no. more of a kudos to them for being able to pull it off so well for the eighties. A lot of the, uh, painted backdrops and having people walking into them and things like that. And then just good, a good editing su- there. subtle little cut. And then all of a sudden I mean, it's only, a real only thing. one bad edit. Only yeah. One bad it, jump. And that right was like at the very beginning. beginning. And that was when it was nighttime when it, pretty clearly wasn't nighttime but i mean it was for, it was i was on a sound stage and then there was a pretty jarring cut but i feel yeah. like that just means that they shot it and then when they were going back to edit it it was something messed up and they yeah. had to do it but other than that i mean there was i was like looking to see if there was anything i could like make fun of or poke fun of and outside of the magic the rest of it was it was really good yeah i i I would call it a cult classic, and when I go back to to work, I'm going to bring it up with, with a couple of friends. I mean, it definitely has that... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Fantastic Planet, but it has like a similar vibe with the yeah. music. Yeah. It's got, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, you said something at the very beginning that was... that. That I agree oh. with, yeah. You said you just said it's a it's a western. It's a western. The whole st- it's just a western. It's a western with a skin of fantasy thrown onto it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I felt. I mean, that music when you saw Hawk going to get all of his friends. I like I mean, the first thing I thought of was you know, Clint Eastwood and everything. No, oh, yeah, and he, and he really didn't talk a lot. He didn't. He didn't. He only Until I mean when he was it. picking up his guys for like when he was assembling the crew, he just showed up and just I mean, you've not you've not seen The Magnificent 7. I have not. No. Okay, yeah, you need to see that cuz that um, I've seen The Hateful 8. <laughs> <laughs> no, with uh Yul Brenner and uh Fabians in that one. It's the, it's the cowboy movie. It's the right? cowboy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the the original, not the remake. Not the, I don't but, if you go, I mean, that's all Yul Brenner does is he goes and sees these people and they're like, oh, man, what you need me for? And he has to speak just a little bit and they're like, sure, you know. Yeah, no, Hawk didn't say anything. He just showed up and that giant was like, oh, gotta go kill yeah. some people. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed that the dwarf died. I'm not, oh, the bubble, the bubble on his grave with the little light balls inside yeah. of it. <laughs> 
polycarbonable. No, um, oh, the as he's going through the woods, um, Hawk's going through the woods, and or was it, or was it the one hand guy? And the water. Oh, oh no, it was it was the de- it was the, was the one hand guy. That was cool. I liked the fact that there was also a singular snake. The singular. It's the singular. It wasn't even a bow. It was a ball python. Ball python. It was like someone's pet. Like, yeah, and like fall in the water. Or yeah, something. for real. But I I, I liked the uh, there was a very phenomenal ambiance. Yeah. It felt like it wasn't a place here. You know what I mean? It definitely mm-hmm. felt like it was a mythical world. I, the paintings were really good too. That was also yeah, yeah. I mean, good backdrops. I mean, really good back. Like they looked like some really. I like fan- fantasy art that I would use as my desktop background. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like solid stuff. It looked like a backdrop originally in the uh, the very first time we see the nuns praying and their and uh, oh yeah, and you see like Jack the Alex, uh, <laughs> and crew come busted in and everything. Um. It looked like a backdrop first, but then it didn't do a jump. There was no jump cut. There was no jump cut. It just all of a sudden so existed. It looked like one. It, lo- it, it looked like a painting, but I, I had. I guess it was physical. But I mean, that just means that whoever was doing the art direction there and painting all that stuff did a pretty good job of of having that look like that way. So yeah, because I'm looking up. Uh, I think because it reminded me of the old Dune. I'm trying to figure out what year that came out. Dune? Yeah, all the uh, old movies. Not, not the new ones. Oh, the one with Sting? That's like 82, 83. 84. Okay, 84. But yeah, no. Well, for it, a, was a, being made in 80, it was 82, 83 being made, and then... Well, because they did like a little bit, especially whenever the, the quote-unquote dwarf was on screen, they did a lot of the same like visual... Change the angles. with the angles and everything that they did in like The Hobbit uh-huh. and stuff like that. And, and he was uh, already kind of a short guy, anyway. Yeah, but I mean, when, well, I mean, when we see him originally with the uh, with the bald cultists, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> We're gonna burn him, and he'd be purifying the water, holy the, water. The angle like, was like shot down at yeah. like a forty-five degree, right behind them, so it really made him seem so tiny. Uh, I, I have to, I have to wonder if the foley artist had to add the little twang when those guys <laughs> shot the arrows. Just speaking of shooting arrows, they would reuse that one shot. Well, of you know, him. They, they had the had crow shooting. You know, I think they just cut out. Over. I think they just cut out all of the space where he wasn't actively firing. Right. You know, to make just, it seem like he was like shooting the arrows fast. But with that, with that crossbow, that was just the same shot, the re- yeah, the like re- seven re- times in a row. I mean, repeating crossbow. Repeating I mean, crossbow. I mean, it has to be the first time I've ever. That must be the first movie it pops up in. I guess like, I I. And if you looked at it, did you really? If you it had like a magazine, it had a magazine that he like had to reload, and he would bottom it out. Golly. So doing it with one hand must suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay, the hand thing was pretty cool, too. Because, I mean, like, obviously, it was like a little cuff that he put on top of his I mean, real hand. Yeah, I mean, well, and it progressed. Remember, it was just cloth cover. It was cloth, and then and it, it had... actually had that leather cuff that went I mean, It was nice. I mean... So, yeah. <laughs> no, it, was, it was a good movie, though. I mean, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think your sisters uh, miss out on it. 
No, for, I think they should watch it. I told them they should watch it for the silly string alone. <laughs> that was that. that, that uh, the rest of it, the the balls, the light ups, the little foam peanuts. Mm-hmm. I can get over the silly string. Took me completely out. It completely broke my immersion. I mean, I wasn't like super immersed. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it was. <laughs> it was like fifty cans of silly string on the dude, and then and then afterwards. He's just standing there, still in the silly string, kind of like rocking back and forth, just not moving. Oh, man. Ugh. You have to put that in the game. They better. But, you know, we were arguing about, you know, alignments and everything. Uh, the evil, what's it, Voton? Yeah, Vol. It, kept th- it keeps throwing me off, because Voton are a uh, faction in 40k. Oh. Yeah, they're like the dwarf people of 40k. Oh, okay. And so every time they said Voton, it just like drew, like it keeps yanking me back into work. Oh. (laughs) But, But, you know, yeah, he was evil. 100% neutral evil, I'd say. Uh, I'd say neutral evil. I mean, he did some stuff that was kind of weird, like when his son dies, or I guess quote unquote son, because apparently he just adopted him. Yeah, he snatched him from somebody. But his quote unquote son. When he dies, he just kills those other two dudes. But, yeah. I mean, he did it with... Tried to give him honor. And then, I mean, he yeah. has kind of a code with other people. He didn't just go around killing people. Yeah, so, so I mean, I guess, I mean, I mean you could say lawful evil. I, mean, I, would, I, I wouldn't say lawful, but yeah. though. But Hawk, Hawk's a good guy, but he ain't that good. No, he's neutral good, too. They were both neutral good. Uh, yeah. I mean, they could follow some laws, but they were willing to break laws. And to him, the end's... Some of the ends would justify the means. You know, let's 100%. go take out, take the gold from the a slave slavers. trade. You know, let's go destroy and the slave then, trade, and then use that gold. I'm I'm glad they gave it to the church for for a second. I thought they were just taking it because <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, they're about they're just leaving the abbey, and then he's like, yeah, here's the gold. Let's go. Yeah. They also left. They left the elf behind. Well, he was hurt. Well, yeah, but I mean, like they they were like, no one's gonna forget your race when you die because you're the last of your kind. They just leave him behind. Uh, Apparently, they don't like elves in the I south mean, or something. I guess. I don't know. You, was, you, you may have to wonder if this if they were thinking about a sequel to this movie. I, I think they were because they hundred percent set it up for it. They set it. They set it up by giving them to go see the other wizards, and then also whatever that weird spirit thing that was healing. "Quote unquote healing rock, yeah. vol- votons because that rock's the same rock that the mindstone was. Yeah, the mindstone. So like yeah. those were going to be connected somehow, but yeah, no, he got his body and took it away, and he was like, "You're not going to be dead for long." So uh-huh. I mean, they were trying to set it up for something. I'm kind of bummed that they didn't. I'm not going to lie. I'd have liked to have seen another one of these. Uh, it, been, it definitely would have been a straight to video at that point uh, back in the '80s. <laughs> Uh, that'd be a good VHS to find. If they had one, yeah. Uh, Anything else? Uh, is this? Are you guys only do fantasy movies? Is that the thing? Um, are they only fantasy. We might movies? do. We might do science fiction. We don't know. I really think you guys should do Fantastic Planet. Um, there, there's a big list, so we'll. Uh... Add it to the list. It's a good okay. movie. All right, it's, Jason. It's, it's, you it's heard a classic. It. Fantastic Planet. It's it's French, so. But it's, so it's, that's what these two knocks against it. Yeah, I know. But it's it's animated, and it came out in the 70s, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, 1973. And it's only like an hour. 
and it's got a beautiful score and it's a it's a weird science fiction movie though it reminded me of like heavy metal when i first watched it like uh-huh. with its weird surrealism i enjoyed it though. yeah there's some this music i could have done without the music it was like a western yeah it was definitely western it with fantasy it was bits. too i honestly it was a little high it was, it was there was a, there were a lot of high notes well no, no I, I shouldn't say high um like screechy? I don't even. No, 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 no. no. Um, volume wise, it was it was loud. Pushed, it was too. For, it, it peaked. Was too it peaked a yeah, lot. Yeah, peaked high. Yeah. It peaked a lot. Yeah, it's like it really could have been dialed back a little bit. At what point is that like their fault though, and just That's, because it that, was old? Sound, it sound. Well, no, it's sound mixing and things like that. So True. I got a feeling it was probably loud back then too. But it may have lost some stuff over time. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Good movie. Good movie. We, we I'd say I, I'd say the the IMDb and all these Rotten Tomato scores are way too low on it. I'm not gonna lie. I'd give it like a good six out of ten. Yeah, because they're rating it like five, four, forty percent. I definitely think it deserves more than that. I'm not gonna lie. I I could see it being a cult classic. Yeah, definitely do that. All right, that's Later. what you get from us. Later's. Okay. I'm calling in for Hawk the Slayer. I do recall Hawk the Slayer with fondness. It used to be on HBO or Showtime a lot, and I would watch it, and I thought some of the effects were pretty cool back in the 80s. I rewatched it, and you know what? In general, I enjoyed the plot. It's kind of a cool plot. It's not bad. Bad guys kidnap somebody. Good guys tasked to rescue person kidnapped. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I love that he gathers together... His group, I thought it was kind of hokey. It'd been more fun for him to go there instead of being teleported there by the witch. That's just me. Uh, the witch was a very interesting side character, and it would have been nice to know more about that witch. Maybe they plan to do sequels because it looks like that person was going to be in some sequels and dictate what Hawk and his surviving companion did. It's very interesting. By the way, spoiler, uh, it was kind of sad that they all died except for the giant, um, who was really just a tall human. Uh, the fight scenes were not bad. Not bad for the choreography around that time and that sort of budget. I really did enjoy Jack Palance as the bad guy in that movie. I think what I remember is the effects of the crossbow, the pew, 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 and the, the rapid bow fire, the repeating cycle of the elf jumping down and shooting, but it looked kind of hokey this time around. I did not understand how uh, the group, I know it's part of the plot, I didn't understand how the group was betrayed. These are evil people. Why you trust them? I don't know. Uh, that's probably like the DM there decided he wanted some excitement and just wanted to betray the people's, the party members without logic. Like I really try to think about that. Like uh, I, this is actually um, an allusion to one of my games, of course. But uh, one of my play- players was is very afraid that they will be betrayed. But to me, it's just not logical. So why you do it? Anyway, Hawk the Slayer, it was, it was fun. It was, as Amy would call, cute um, the second time around. But uh, it would be, it might, I don't know. If it were updated, it'd be kind of cool. But I think it would be like, uh, what's that movie with John Falco and Danny McBride with uh, Padme in it? Uh, what's that woman's name? Natalie Portman. The movie is Your Highness. They could update it and make it like your highness. That'd be kind of cool. All right, that's it for Hawk the Slayer.
I know I said I wasn't going to break in and comment on anybody's things, but I did talk with Carl after he sent his message to clarify. When he's talking about the group being betrayed, of course, he means by the nun. And, and we discussed it. I mean, he, he thought it was a plot contrivance. I kind of thought that they showed her losing it, and, and she basically, you, you know, had temporary insanity where she figured, oh, of course he'll be honest. I'd be curious to hear other people's thoughts on that, of course. And then also want to clarify this next call coming up. I'm putting these in the episode in the order they came in. So there was a separation and somebody did call in twice. Who is that? Let's find out. Yo, so I know I already called in a long message, so I'll try and keep this short. But the soundtrack, the score for Hawk the Slayer is absolutely bananas, dude. <laughs> I was sitting there like, what is going on? At times, it's all electro synthy and stuff. And it, it's just so many times where it doesn't fit with what's going on on the screen. It was amazing. It added to that movie. I might have sounded a little negative towards that movie. That movie rules. That movie rules. It's just, it's not my favorite of the one we watched that we've watched so far, but it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. All right. Anyway, peace out. Oh, the Slayer's rubbish. Okay. It's not completely rubbish. That is a quote from Spaced, possibly the greatest British comedy series of all time. But I've got to say, it is a little on the left side. It has its moments. Jack Palance is clearly having a whale of a time. As Voltan, hula hoops, ping pong balls and silly string don't create the most convincing special effects. And the story doesn't really make much sense at all. You've got Voltan kidnaps a nun for a ransom of gold, but he doesn't really want the gold. What he wants is Hawk. And Hawk is convinced to rescue the kidnapped nun, but he also manages to steal the gold from a slave trader for the ransom, but he doesn't want to pay the ransom. He wants to keep the gold for himself, and his decisions lead to a lot of seemingly unnecessary deaths. When Voltan finally meets Hulk, it seems that he doesn't want Hulk. He just wants the gold. So, you know, things don't quite add up. What can I say? It's a, it's a fun romp. That soundtrack, very much of its time. And then you got the little flute motif every time, every time Hawk turns up, which is hilarious. Doesn't quite have the effect that it's going for. And then you've got that poor witch who basically saves the day, whose only reward is a bit of verbal abuse. I won't say it's not entertaining. There. Those are my thoughts. Thanks, Jason. Hey, Jason. It's Mike. Chicago Wiz. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get this into you on time, but, yep, I finished watching Hawk the Slayer. Gotta say, I don't remember watching it, but I'm pretty sure I did. It came out, you know, in 80 and... Uh, it was around the time when, you know, cable TV was coming out and I had access to it. So I'm pretty sure at some point or another I watched it. I know that my uh, teenage self would have eaten that up like candy and gone back for seconds. But uh, it, I don't know. It It's kind of goofy now. 
it didn't age very well, but it was entertaining. That was not, it was not a misspent 90 minutes. Um, but in honor of doing a, I guess not in honor of, but uh, in an attempt rather to do a Mystery Science Theater 3000, I'm going to read off the notes that I took while I was watching this. And uh, that's going to be my commentary for the movie. <clears throat> so we start off. Why does he keep stabbing the sword into the stone floor of the castle? Jeez, he's going to break the thing. Oh, that 70s groovy music. My man Voltan is a sadistic SOB. He's got some crazy style to him. And you know what? Just a note on that. Jack Palance, how great is he? He ate up every bit of scenery that he could chew on and just... <laughs> It was hilarious, but <laughs> I think he had so much fun with this. Um, that was an interesting way to gather an adventuring party. Disco hula hoops, a bit of fire and smoke, and some weird synth sounds. <laughs> Neat. I'm going to have to remember that one. Oh, they get to the slaver camp. Who the hell eats like that? Come on, even the meanest SOB I've ever seen didn't eat like that. That's a little much. So the attack by the party on the slavers is what chainmail mass combat, or abstract combat as Daniel calls it, looks like when it's used for OD&D combat. Those missile fire was ridiculous. I was laughing. Wait, did he really just say Lord of the Dance? Let me back that up a bit. Yep, he really did say Lord of the Dance. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, look, like father, like son. Droga's a sadistic little piece of dirt, too, just like dear dad. Except he really wasn't his dad, I guess. Oops, spoilers. Oh, shocker. Voltan kills the misguided nun. Who didn't see that coming? You know, every PC party needs a patron sorceress like that, especially one that can create those killer pew-pew-pew effects. Did that spell come from an Earth Arcana? Hmm. Not quite a Ricardo Montalban death scene like Khan, but quality gurgling. You know, a good death scene needs a bit of gurgling, don't you think? Oh, look, a necromantic sequel hook. Nice touch. You know, actually, that's not an entirely bad idea for, you know, doing a good D&D villain trope. I might have to write that one down, too. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed those notes, and uh, thanks for suggesting that. Uh, I had a great time <laughs> watching that or potentially re-watching it. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing what the next one's going to be. All right, that's it for now. <laughs> Game on. Hey, Jason, it is Eric of the Omega 3D Chicken Coop calling in for movie night. Um, managed to watch Hawk the Slayer with my buddy Scott. Uh, we did a watch party on Amazon of it. And you know what? For a 1980s sword and sorcery movie, I thought it was pretty darn good. And it very much reminded me of a classic Dungeons & Dragons adventure. Um, I think the whole setup with the, the brother and the betrayal and you know having to assemble your adventuring party, meeting up with the old wizard... I don't think she was that, that old. She just was blind, the wizard in the woods, and you know, dealing with the NPC priests and church... Um, yeah, I think it 
that could easily be an adventure module that you could run for someone. A um, couple other interesting things. Um, obviously, the special effects aren't fantastic, but you know what? I went in expecting that level of special effects, and that's what I got, so I don't have a problem with it. Um, Character-wise, a couple characters that really interested me were, first off, the elf and kind of how they portrayed the elf as kind of this, like, um, emotionless, very robotic, um, you know, hum- humanoid. I'm curious what inspired that because, you know, if you if you go back to Lord of the Rings, I never felt that, you know, that the, the elves were emotionless. Maybe they were a little cooler, but not as emotionless as, as I believe the character's name was Cole was portrayed. So, no, Crow. His name is Crow. So I'm kind of curious, you know, where that was kind of inspired from and what that looked like. Either way, I thought it worked out very well. Um, I also kind of <laughs> like the uh, sped up motion for the bow and arrow. And then the repeating crossbow was kind of silly, but also kind of cool for that that story. Um, but I, I can't remember the name of the character who lost his hand. I felt terrible for that guy. He got his butt kicked that whole entire movie. Um, you know, in the end, he ends up dying. So anyway, um, I thought it was a really good movie for, for what it is. And, you know, I've seen other sword and sorcerer movies that aren't nearly as well done. So for me, that was, uh, that was a thumbs up. All right. Take it easy, man. Hi, Jason. It's Barry here. Just uh, ringing in for your Hawk the Slayer competition. Hopefully my entry is not too late. I know I'm cutting it fine. Um, just want to say, first of all, really, really glad that you suggested it. Um, I have really fond memories of the film from being a child um, interestingly my memories are mixed also of thinking that the special effects were terrible and um, we'll talk about them in a minute because I wasn't wrong um, but good memories like I said about things weirdly the main thing I remember about the film was actually the giant and the dwarf having their food discussions and the sort of tricks that were going on around that strangest thing sort of come back to me when I was watching it there. I really remember that sort of scenes from when I was a kid um, one thing I would say is that this film objectively is terrible it is absolutely awful and I will not hold any um qualms about saying that it is actually a really really bad film in so many ways um, and if you want me to list the ways why it's not really a great film it's um well first of all the acting let's talk about the acting so there's lots of actors in there um, a lot of british actors who were kind of famous in britain but not really big big actors and um, i mean even if you take the giants so um what was it bernard breslau big in the carry on films um but Possibly, I'm assuming, not so big in America at the time. Jack Palance actually being the biggest name who's in there, really pushing his acting as well. But yeah, I would say, so like all the British actors that were in there, lots of like British comedy actors, British actors from, you know, serials on British TV, and all really massively hamming it up, like really, really pushing the boundaries of their acting on that one to try it. I don't know, maybe they thought this was a big break and they make a big thing of it. And then you've got John Terry as Hawk himself, basically being the most wooden person I've ever seen in a film. I'd forgotten how sort of like really, I don't know if he was going for some sort of middle distance, you know, man with no name, Western stare thing, but he actually just looks like he just got a bullet. I don't know what times it's like, he's just kind of walking around, even in the sword fights and things. It's very kind of like, is he really invested in the sword fight or is he just kind of going through the motions? It did really amuse me watching it, I guess, as an adult coming back. Um, other people picked up on it. Harry Andrews as the High Abbot, someone I'd seen from films like Ice Cold and Alex. So again, like really good actors in other films that, again, weren't really probably best 
to their uh, performances in this one. And at Crosby and Hills, another one is the Abbess. She's very well known in the UK these days from a TV series called One Foot in the Grave, uh, when she was much later in life. And she's done some acting as well. I think I said, told you on another message. She did the voice of Granny Weatherwax in some of the Discworld animated series as well. So yeah, really kind of fairly famous people now, I guess, people from British things. But at the time, I don't think they're really big actors. But yeah, like I said, there's real disparity in the acting. Like I said, these British actors really sort of hamming up versus John Terry really kind of toning it down. I don't know whether he was doing that in response to the weird acting from the British people or whether he was trying to go for some other vibe. Um, music, I think I want to say, is some sort of weird electro vibe, uh, Western vibe going on. The music really tries to sell you to this as a Western, a fantasy Western, which I thought was quite interesting. Again, didn't pick up on that as a kid, but as an adult watching it, it was quite interesting, really going for that sort of spaghetti Western style with it. Um, and I guess that brings me to the plot, really. We're talking like Seven Samurai Magnificent Seven here, but probably with less kind of sense in the plot this whole idea about this evil warlord who goes around murdering people then kidnapping an abbess and holding it to ransom seems a bit unusual in itself and then also this whole plan to pay the person and the weird thing about it was the whole revenge plot behind it i think it's like hawk's got this revenge plot he swore to kill his brother at the start of the film and then he's going to give him the money in the hopes of the abbey that they'll actually release him but expecting them not to and expecting a fight it, it, i don't know it just seemed really kind of bizarre in the sense of the, how the whole thing was oh yeah the special effects let's talk about those i mean the rapid fire crossbows uh and bows you know that's amazing that's a bit i remember as a child even from childhood is the whole like where they clearly just cut the film and then replay the same section of film over and over again to try and do this rapid fire weapons totally awesome to watch that i don't remember it was as bad and that like, even this magic special effects it's totally like doctor who and blake seven i think that's the thing that really resonates to me even as an adult is how much that brings back that nostalgia around those things back at the time but selling it as a blockbuster movie probably not really going to be so great to people in a wider audience watching it but yeah but interestingly even as an adult watching it i actually really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the film it was good fun it was a bit silly at times it had you know the semblance of a plot going on it's like some D adventures there's not really much of a plot but there's enough to kind of get your teeth into and just kind of roll <laughs> so it's one of those but yeah so i just want to say again thanks for recommending it and i really enjoyed doing it and i'm looking forward to lady hawk next month if i can get around to actually watching that one again because uh, again some interesting memories about that one i think i have seen that a bit more recently to be fair but anyway take care jason and i'll speak to you soon Hey, Jason, Eric again calling in about Hawk the Slayer. Uh, I forgot to mention one thing about the movie that I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed the music. There's like this weird flute. I think it's a flute. I'm not really a music expert playing in it, but I thought the music was great for the movie. Um, and that was one item that I forgot to mention. All right. Peace. Hi Jason, just got through finishing watching uh, Hawk the Slayer, so um, I mean literally just finished, <laughs> you can even hear the music, maybe. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know, I, I quite, in a strange way, I mean it was a it was a terrible film, but in a strange way I, I really kind of enjoyed it actually, it really took me back to that sort of uh, 80s vibe, watching these uh, films taken out, taken out of Blockbuster and you put them in and uh, you know, it's got the guy on the front with the swords. It's got to be the got to be the ticket, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, strong opening with the <laughs> death of the father thing, and you know, the old mind sword. Well, that's a pretty 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 cool weapon he had there. Um, didn't feature that much actually, but as, as much as I thought it could do. But um, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I don't know. I, I think 
I mean, it was really disjointed, wasn't it? Just like this this uh, message, I suppose. Um, there's a montage of recruiting the uh, the, the sort of troop of um, goodies to fight fight the battle. I, I thought that was quite good fun. I mean, it was. I think it was probably just a a cheap way of like doing a montage and bringing them all together. But um, it, it was kind of fun. Um, as for the sort of, it's actually it's sort of. It was actually str- str- strange to remind me of two kind of genres of film, all those cutscenes and kind of like bashing people and you know st- stoic faces and and like bits of action. It sort of really reminded me of um, almost like a you know seventies kung fu movie, and I don't know if it was meant to be on purpose, but there was definitely a Star Wars vibe I was getting. I mean, the baddie with his uh, um, what is it? Um, his helmet that that was he really and the black cloak he was even called Voltan wasn't he he really kind of reminded me of uh, Darth Vader and um you know the the goodie whatever um hawk he he did he definitely had a jedi vibe didn't he with a kind of floating swords and using his 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 mind uh so that was kind of that that kind of vibe there, and I think actually I <laughs> I really really kind of gro- grooved on the elf and the crossbow guy. They were just like, <laughs> <laughs> like really mowed those people down. Uh, that was good fun. Um, yeah, so overall terrible movie, but I did actually strangely enjoy it. Cheesy ending though, of course, you know going to ride south for the next sequel and picking up Voltan's body and carrying him off towards the, um, to what, you know, he's going to come back in a, in a later bit. Uh, for some reason, there's something lurking in my mind that I wanted to say. I'm going to pause and see if I can remember it. Nope, I can't, I guess I can't remember it. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's the, the giant. Maybe because, uh, is he from Blake Seven? He looks really familiar. He must be in a a British um, British sort of series of some kind. Um, actually, think about it, they were all British, weren't they? That was a bit weird. Apart from Stoic Hawk himself, and possibly Voltan. Um, I guess it must have been a British film. I guess with a couple of American imports. And for a moment there, I actually thought the the dwarf was Rowan Atkinson when I first saw him. I thought, oh, crikey, this is going to derail it in my mind. All right, anyway, this message is probably uh, overly long for it. But, um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. And the fight scenes, I think, I just, I just really kind of thought it was hilarious with the, the bolts and everything. Well, see what everyone else has to say about it. Uh, was it Ladyhawk next? And I think I'm just about going to make the deadline. It's it's uh, it's eleven o'clock here, UK time, and uh, I'm I'm considering the deadline to be um, Friday US time. Okay, cheers, bye. Okay, that's all the listener calls. Thank you to everybody that called in. Really appreciated it. I'm very happy that the last call we received was from Goblin's Henchmen, because they're the ones that came up with this whole movie night idea in the first place. So it's very appropriate. As far as the deadline, yeah, I mean, nominally it's midnight Friday, your time, but realistically it's midnight Friday until there's no more midnight Friday. So whatever that last time zone is, that's when it is. I I actually compile these on Saturday, U.S. time, Saturday, Eastern time, New York time. 
So, okay. Thank you to everybody. Lady Hawk is indeed the next movie. So check that one out. You can rent it on Amazon without a problem. And until next time, be excellent to each other. Joking about your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I could see him dead. Bring on the glow, bring on the glow. I want some more, bring on the glow. Butcher is a dustman and more is by a tipper And I'm assuming that's your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world's gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck